Hello everyone, it's Amro Warayat and welcome back to the Arab American. First, I really want to apologize to all of you for not releasing an episode last week, but what's important is we're back today. In the last couple of episodes, we discussed Arab American Christians and Arab American Muslims, as well as their history, immigration, and overall difficulties they've faced in the world. Today's episode, I want to focus in on the Jewish population of the Middle East and more specifically Mizrahi and Sephardic Jews, which are typically Arabic-speaking Jews who ethnically and originally hail from the Middle East and the Iberian Peninsula. I would also like to welcome Rabbi Hershon. He is the rabbi of congregation Orve Shalom. Rabbi Hershon will be speaking to us on today's podcast to give us a closer look into the religion of Judaism, its history, and the characteristics of Misrahi and Sephardic Jews. Judaism was the first monotheistic religion founded in the Middle East, specifically in the city of Jerusalem. There are many people of many different ethnicities who are of Jewish descent, but today we want to zoom in on Mizrahi and Sephardic Jews. Briefly, Mizrahi Jews are those who descend from Middle Eastern countries such as Yemen, Iraq, Palestine, Syria, Iran, and parts of North Africa. Sephardic Jews are also descendants of Mizrahi Jews, that were immigrated to the Iberian Peninsula, referred to today as countries of Spain and Portugal. I wanted to gain an understanding of how Congregation Orve Shalom, a Sephardic synagogue, originally started by Mizrahi Sephardic Jews in 1917 and 1918. The Jews from, from the former Ottoman Empire, from, from Turkey, from, from Greece, primarily the, mo- the majority of the founders of this synagogue, if not all of them, were from the Isle of Rhodes. And when they left there, they came here and they founded the synagogue. And as a result of that, uh, that was our original group. But over the years, different groups of Jews who consider themselves Sephardic that have come to Atlanta have found a home here. I was also curious to know if now all Jews born in the Middle East, specifically in Israel, are now considered Mizrahi Jews, or if there is a cultural divide between them. No, so uh, all native-born Jews to the Middle East would be Mizrahi, but uh, there there was a presence of Jews in the land of Israel since the destruction, since the conquest of the land of Israel by Joshua after the exodus from Egypt, right? That, there's always been a, a, a presence. It was diminished over time, but it was still strong in there. Uh, but, and, and, and so, and those would all be Jerusalem. So those would all be part of that group. But in the 1800s, we began to have a large amount of European Jews who began to move back to Israel at that time, they'd, they'd, they'd buy land and, and move there. And as a result of that, you end up with uh, a stream of Jews that are not Sephardic or Mizrahi, rather. And then after 1940, you know, around the, you know, World War II, uh, th- that population explodes and becomes much, much larger. And it's primarily Ashkenazic Jews from Europe that are moving there at that point. So... Uh, it's probably about a 50-50 split now yeah. in the land of Israel. 
there really are very few Jews left in any of the Arab countries anymore. Uh, Iraq is basically gone. Yemen, I think, is all gone. Morocco still has a Jewish community. Egypt, I don't know what their community is like these days. Sometimes conflicts arise when people of the same religion and different ethnicities or descendants of different regions have a little bit of tension and personally I think that tension doesn't stem from religious beliefs specifically but rather stems from cultural practices that tie into religion. I asked Rabbi Hershen if after years of inhabiting different regions do some Jews conflict with one another? speaking in terms of cultural conflict or clashes rather than physical conflicts between Mizrahi, Sephardic Jews, and Ashkenazi Jews. There, there is. And, and it's, um, it's, 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 it's bad. It, it, it makes no sense. Uh, so I, uh, one of my, fa- you know, I, I grew up Ashkenazic. Mm-hmm. So to me, Jewish food is gefilte fish, which a Sephardic Jew has never seen before. Okay. okay? Whereas a Sephardic Jew would love, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a good example. Well, they, they have such a diverse cuisine because it's so many different places. But, you know, you take a pheasant jun from, from the Iranian Jews, or you take, uh, you take, the barakas from the Ottoman Empire or whatever, like, and they're totally different. Uh, excuse me. In large part, this synagogue began because the Ashkenazic Jews of Atlanta were not very welcoming to the Sephardic Jews because okay. they saw them as different. And what do you make of them? And it's 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 a really bad idea, you know. It's already a minority group, and, and now you're, you're making it even more split up. But uh, it exists in Israel as well. Uh, there was discrimination against different um, Israeli communities when they came to Israel uh, for, for various reasons. Uh, but I, I do think that we are growing up a lot, and we're learning, and we're, we're maturing, and we're, we're learning from mistakes. Uh, but, you know, no group was exempt from being bigoted uh, towards other groups it's just uh, it's just that simple Uh, and and so that's that's going to be true there too during our conversation i assumed that judaism struggled in the americas in the very beginning and i assumed so because different religions at the time were not exactly widely accepted other than christianity however i was wrong Rabbi Hirschen brought it to my attention that Judaism thrived because essentially America was so new that no one really looked American, and essentially the Jewish community was capable of rebuilding themselves in an entirely new nation. So, I mean, look, Judaism in America thrived in, in a large part because it was radical acceptance. We So one of the issues Jews have had is since the, uh, since the destruction of the Second Temple, the Jewish people never had a, an autonomous place after that, and they also never had. They were never. They were never considered an insider in any country. Right. So, it, you know, we weren't Germans. We were Jews. We weren't Poles. We were Jews. We weren't Russians. We were Jews, and and everywhere, right? And, and that also stems from the fact that Judaism is a unique religion and that it's more than a religion it's actually 
a, a, a an ethnicity or uh, an, an, or a nationality of sorts. And as a, and as a result of that, it's hard for us to separate and become part of the, the general population. So when we got to America, there was no country. Every one of us is an immigrant in the U.S. There's no such thing. Like, ever, there's no American look. No one, right. no one looks American, <clears throat> right? Whereas in, in other areas of the world, there are distinct looks that you have depending on where you're from. Right. That, that's not America. <clears throat> not Canada either, by the way. Okay. So as a result of that, we uh, when we got here, we were we were part of the founders. Chaim Solomon financed the resolu- the, the revolution. Uh, the you know we, we fought in the, in the in the in the revolutionary war. We uh, our families were part of were part of the fiber of the country, and as we grew and grew and grew with America as well. Uh, the you know America is one of the few countries in the world that never had any anti-Semitic laws that were passed, uh, with the exception of um, Grant's order, which was during the Civil War, which was rescinded by uh, Abraham Lincoln yeah. almost immediately. Uh, that that would be it. Now there were there are anti-Semites here, of course, but we overall. America has been a blessing and a curse to the Jewish community because it's also once you're accepted by the non-Jewish world, it becomes very hard to maintain your distinct nature because you are now being influenced by the non-Jewish world. In previous episodes, I mentioned that some Arab Christians and Arab Muslims lose some qualities of their cultural and religious practices, mainly because as generations grow, some parts of Arab identity essentially fade away. I asked Rabbi Hershen if the same concept applies to the Jewish community in the U.S. as well, and if some qualities have been diluted by Western culture. Yeah, it's the exact same issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, we look at it almost like an immigrant story. It, it, not as, you, it is an immigrant story. So the first generation is, is not American in their outlook at all. It's not uh, about doing it, – it's about wanting to fit in, but still – your roots are very firmly wherever you're from. You don't speak the language perfectly, if at all. Right. 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 You, you're you're struggling to pay the bills. You don't have friends outside of your immigrant community. Then you have kids, and your kids' generation, for the most part, is is that bridge. They are the ones that are native English speakers or native New World speaker, new new language speakers, and they are trying really hard to balance the, everything. But they are committed to their parents' legacy and everything like that. Then the next generation, they are much more accepted into general society. And by the fourth generation, we see a big drop off by that point. The, the reality is that America, in its essence, wants to be a, a land of assimilation. Assimilation is really bad for those of us who care about unique qualities. Right. I, I care a great deal about all of all of the cultures of America existing side by side, but not inside, but not not in place of each other. Right. I, I I would I would hate to see any culture supplanted by Americanism. Right. I want all. Of, I, I believe in acculturation, which means I take some of that American stuff and I incorporate it into my stuff, but I never get rid of my stuff because my stuff matters to me and it should matter to me. Just like it should matter to you, 
and, and so uh, there, uh, you know, it, it's a very hard thing to swim against. Uh, you know, there's a there's a there's a story told in the Talmud about one of the great rabbis named Rabbi Akiva that uh, there was a, a a fox was walking along the banks of a river, and he said to the fish. Hey, why don't you guys jump out of the water? Come live with me here on dry land. And their response to the fox was, we have enough trouble surviving here with our predators in our natural environment. All the more so, how are we going to survive in an unnatural environment with predators like you? And so we took all of our cultures out of their natural environment, right? Right. And we put them here with a, 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 a nonviolent predator, which is culture, Americanism, American culture. And it's really hard to survive. It's very, very hard to survive. Uh, uh, you know, and you know, there's the same thing with the fish concept. We often think of salmon as a very Jewish fish because salmon swim upstream; they don't swim downstream. Okay. And these are always swimming against the grain, right? We're always going against what everything else else is, and it's 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 a really hard way to survive. Uh, but you know, I do think. If we care enough about what our origins are and what who we are and what we are, then we, we make it our priority to move forward and do well. And, 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 and I don't think of surviving, I think of thriving. I would like to say a big thank you to Rabbi Hirschen for the time he took to speak to me and to allow all of us to learn more about Judaism and the different aspects of their culture and history. Judaism is a beautiful religion with beautiful people, and this conversation has given me a better understanding of that. I would also like to mention, just like every other episode, as minorities in a place where we don't know exactly where we stand, it's important to stay open to everyone's stories and struggles, as to learn more about one another and essentially come together as one. As usual, thank you to all of my listeners who tuned into this week's episode. This is Amro Warayat, and you're listening to The Arab American. And don't forget to leave a review and please post any comments you have or on any specific topics you would like to discuss in future episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter for daily engagement. Thank you all so much.